Kids K Productions Unplugged, a podcast by the kids for the kids. This podcast's intention is to connect and share with honesty. Please be mindful that content may unintentionally trigger psychological symptoms. If this podcast begins to upset you, then we invite you to stop listening and seek support. If you do not have support, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Keep on pushing through Cause I get up And I may fall right back down But you love lifts me back to solid ground Yeah, I get up And I may fall Hi, welcome back. I'm Sadie Ward and today... I will be talking with myself, and um, so I'm going to be doing an episode on suicide, mainly because I can't find a guest that wants to talk about suicide, so you know what, I'm going to go out here and be vulnerable myself. So, first I would like to discuss our, you know, popular suicide opinions, and a lot of people are, like, very um, wary against suicide or um, being suicidal and, um... You know, you're like, well, I would never do that. And I don't think we comprehend about how many people actually um, are suicidal. And um, the way that I've decided to, you know, do this episode was I was sitting in my um, AP Human Geography class. And I was arguing with this kid about gender um, equality. And um, we were talking about suicide statistics and um, how they related to gender um, inequality. And, um, I guess I got very, very frustrated and, um, I was like, you know, I know all the statistics and it's because I am suicidal myself and I've attempted it. So I now have podcasts and blogs and then I go and talk about it. And, um, I just remember the, like, the voices of everyone just gasping at the same time. And so later, I mean, like, later that day, um, you know, there's, like, these girls in the locker room, and they go, you know, I don't think Sadie actually, you know, tried to kill herself because depressed people don't talk about it. And, you know, there's, like, a girl going, you know... Like, she's obviously just doing it for attention, and um, she just, you know, she she's just, like, seeking it from everyone. And I guess that infuriated me because, yeah, I, I have attempted suicide three times. And um, what really shocked me was the fact that they're, like, you know, depressed people don't talk about it. So I guess I'm going to go into my complete background. So, um, my parents divorced when I was, like, seven, and I, you know, lived in between my mom's house and my dad's house, and then my dad had an alcoholic girlfriend, um, so I struggled with that through a lot of years, um, living with, you know, seeing someone drunk every day, um, you know, having her, like, you know, throw wine glasses, and, um, it's, it's really kind of traumatic as a child, (laughs) and, um, the biggest incident I remember was just, she was, um, so drunk. She was throwing wine glasses and she was hallucinating that there was, like, coyotes and, 
she was crying, and my dad sat down and goes, you know, she has a mental disease, and it's alcoholism, and, you know, I, I just, I couldn't keep going with it. Um, and I think that the amount of the effects that alcoholism um, can have on you is so shocking, and how much that traumatized me as a kid. So, um, based on other events and things that have happened, um, I have PTSD. So, um, when I was in, like, sixth grade, I started getting my PTSD attacks and panic attacks, and then I discovered I had an anxiety disorder, and, um, it got really bad. So, you know, my mom left for a work trip, and I was at home with my, like, you know, nanny, and, um, I go into her room, and there's, like, my mom always had melatonin, and melatonin's to help you sleep, and I go, you know, I wonder how much of this I need to take to kill myself, so, you know, I tried taking a ton of melatonin, and I ended up getting too tired, went to bed, um, before anything else happened, and it was, you know, the great thing was that I was too young to understand that, you know, melatonin, you can't overdose on it, and that I, like, ended up going to bed. Um, a few years later, I got depressed, and then I started struggling with it again, um, so then, you know, I came home one day, and I was just like, great, I need to find something that I can overdose with, and the only thing I found was ibuprofen, and still can't overdose with ibuprofen, but, um, I think the biggest suicide attempt I had was, um, in 2020, or, like, 2019, and it was February, and it was, like, a week before Valentine's Day, and I had been so depressed, and I lost some of my friends that they wouldn't talk to me anymore. Um, I was so anxious all the time. I tried, you know, I was like, I think I need to go on medication, like, it's getting really bad, and a lot of my PTSD started coming back, and it was getting really, really bad for a really long time. And um, finally one day, we came home from a friend's house, and I ran upstairs, and I didn't, I just couldn't comprehend the amount of aloneness I felt. And I don't have the words to describe how alone you can feel in that one moment, but I felt so alone and so vulnerable that I went into my mom's room and I saw, like, my sister had, like, pink eye pills to, you know, help her with her infection. It turns out that, yes, those can kill you if you take, um, you know, I, I looked it up online. I was like, okay, I need to take six of them and that's going to stop my, stop my heart. And so I, you know, tried to start taking them. And then my sister found me and my mom found me. And um, I just laid there and I, I, like, cried into my mom's arms. And she had to take me to the hospital. <laughs> And I spent a night there, and then I moved to um, Reno Behavioral Hospital, and I spent a good, like, week there. And I just, when I went there, I found out how many more people struggled with it. And I don't think that anyone can comprehend it unless you've been through it, but I was there. I was in a mental hospital with other people and we've all tried to kill ourselves and we're all there because we're all on suicide watch and like 
you know, you didn't have doors that closed. And whenever you took a shower, you couldn't have, like, a curtain or anything. You had, like, this little plastic door that, like, covered a quarter of the, you know, um, doorway that enough that, like, you, you can't see everything. And, um, but, like, constantly people would walk in and out of your room to make sure that if you shower, you're okay. Um, the windows were made of plastic and they wouldn't open. And I remember in my room, I had blinds, but it was behind the plastic window, so I couldn't ever see out. And that's true with all of the um, rooms. We, we could, like, we had blinds so we could get light, but we were never allowed to look out of them. And we had these huge, heavy desks that were bolted to the ground, and then you had these chairs that you, that were so heavy you couldn't pick them up to smash a window or, or anything. Um, you know, you had, like, um, just, like, you know, um, pillow that, you know, didn't have, like, a pillow casing, so you can't, like, rip it, and, um, it's kind of shocking how many ways you can think of killing yourself when you're in that type of situation, but you go in, and, um, while you're in the room with other people, like, there's a glass where all the, like, workers are, and, like, this, you know, so you can't get to them, and, like, the TV was covered in, like, plastic, so you can't break the TV, um, all of the doors to get food were locked, you know, people, um, would just, like, lay in the hallways and, um, you know, cry or sleep or, and, like, we weren't allowed to have pencils because, you know, we could hurt ourselves with them. We, um, weren't allowed to have markers. We had to have crayons. Um, I, you just, you, you don't understand until you get there. And I remember, like, there was other kids in the outpatient program who were eating lunch in the same cafeteria that we got to eat lunch in. And they all had the like knives and forks and plates and trays and whatever. And we were only allowed to use this like paper spoon. It was like a piece of paper that you could fold into a mechanism to eat because we weren't allowed to have anything, you know, that we could hurt ourselves with. And you just kind of sit there and you, you're there with, you know, um, all the trashy clothes that you, came with and your face of like no makeup and no sleep and you know you just kind of sit there with your paper spoon and it was the the difference that you see in those two people and you completely take everything for granted and while I was in there um I found it really helpful for me um I think it really helped my parents to understand where I was coming from it really helped me because I finally got some time, you know, to take care of myself, and, um, I was gone for a, a really long time, and, um, I didn't tell my, no, my, none of my friends knew where I was, um, I, no, I didn't communicate with anyone, um, and the biggest part was that I came out, and I remember, like, you know, I, I came out, and I felt so free, but it was, it was, so weird because you have such a structured program within a hospital that you, you know you come out and then it um you realize how stressful and stimulating our world is and my favorite thing to do to calm down was to listen to music and my mom had the radio on in the car while we were driving home and I couldn't handle it it was so much noise for me and um like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle the noise. I got back into school. I could not be around so many kids because I felt so confined. And 
I had to be under constant suicide watch and um like it's a it's a real thing that people go through and I think that we all don't recognize that um so a big part of suicide is um for the United States suicide is the 10th leading cause of death so if you can think about that it's actually quite a few people because in 2017 alone there was an estimated um 1,400,000 suicide attempts um and in 2018 there was 48 48,344 people that actually killed themselves but this suicide and self-injury has cost the United States 69 billion dollars just just in one year just in one year alone um and I have the statistics for Nevada and the crazy thing is that for us high schoolers this is the second leading cause of death is suicide on average um a big thing is that one person dies by suicide every 14 hours just in our state so basically once a day two people have killed themselves and um like Nevada has the um 12th highest suicide rate in throughout the United States and um so Basically, we have about, I think it was, yeah, we have 627 um, number, like, number of deaths um, from suicide on average um, per every 100,000 people that live in Nevada. And Nevada is not a big place. We don't have a big population. Um, 20 people will kill themselves. So, and we do have a really high suicide rate. I'm actually really happy that we're down to 12 because... It was two years ago I did a speech and debate um, topic on this, and we were, like, third highest. So we are we are doing pretty great, which is kind of sad to say that we went, you know, down to 12. Um, but um, I found in one statistic that was really, really crazy and really blew my mind was from the um, Befrienders World um, Wide um, Volunteer Action to Prevent Suicide. And it was... Um, the global mortality rate of 16 people per 100,000, or one death, happens every 40 seconds. Um, it is predicted that by 2020, this year, the rate of death will increase to one person dying every 20 seconds. So, just the amount of time it takes you to brush your teeth, wash your hands, someone has died within that moment. And, um... You know, um, a lot of the things that I've really looked at and really um, done a lot of, like, um, digging in was through the um, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, who has all the statistics you want to look at state. Um, I recommend that if you're looking for any more information, please go there. Um, a big question, though, is why should we be so afraid of um, how high our suicide rates are becoming? And it's because we aren't recognizing the fact of how much of an impact you have, like how much you have to hurt someone for someone to look at their life and go, I could die and I could leave this all behind 
and my life being over is going to be better than me living with today. And the amount of an impact, you know, that a person can do to drive someone to that point of which you look at, you know, an open window that you could jump out of or a door you could walk through and you go, I'm going to jump out a window rather than walking through a door and just getting downstairs because that's going to take too long. And right now I feel so hurt that I have to die. And you don't actually realize those emotions and everything that goes into it until you've gotten to that place. Um, a big thing, though, is we really need to talk about it. And I think the big part about it was when I hear people in my school just, you know, joking about suicide and um, saying that people who talk about their depression is just like an attention thing. It's not. And um, the reason that no one in my class knew that I had like attempted suicide before because I don't talk about it as an attention-seeking thing. And I am talking about it because I do not want to see another person try to kill themselves because of how bad their life is. And I, we, I am so afraid of dying now because I have such a different grasp on how valuable life is. And you don't understand that until you literally hold like a, like, you know, pills in your hand and you completely control whether you die or whether you live. And at that moment, you have completely and utterly all the control over your life. And once you can, once you hold that, once you hold a shotgun or you hold your pills or, and you um, can sit there at that line between life and death and you can completely decide where you want to go with it, you don't understand how valuable your life is. And I want to make sure that kids understand how valuable their life is and how valuable that they are. And I don't ever, ever want someone to have to hurt themselves. And <laughs> it's just... I, I can't go through and watch other people die. And it's just a thing of, think about it. Your best friend dies and they're gone forever. And it was because you could have done something to fix it. You know, they were just being hurt. And a lot of people don't realize that in high school, whenever you make that mean comment or that like, you know, whatever you think that funny comment is to someone that that can literally drive them to thinking about, you know what, what if I was dead? So that is um, the complete thing behind my reason for talking about it and for my like for my episode today that's why I'm talking about it is because I cannot watch another person go to the lowest point at which I was at and want to you know jump off that cliff and die I can't watch that and um Going back is that after my second suicide attempt, I joined Kidscape 
and I did a play with them, and I can promise you I would not at all be alive today unless I had joined that camp. I had done that play. I had realized that my life is a contribution to other people and that I am valued because I went into that camp and so many people loved me and so many people made me feel like I was wanted and I finally felt like I had a voice and I finally felt like I was doing something and I I I mean I swear I've told Christiana this before I would not be here unless it was for Kidscape and I'm so thankful that they were there for me so thank you so much for listening to my episode um, please tune in to listen to the other episodes in the next coming weeks. This me back to solid ground. This week's podcast is sponsored by Kidscape Productions. Kidscape Productions offers before, during, and after school workshops, assemblies, out of school time camps, and private coaching. Visit kidscapeproductions.com. Their coupon code is KSP Podcast. That's KSP Podcast. Altogether, no spaces. To save 15% on all of their classes and camps. Thank you for listening to Kidscape Unplugged. Like, share, and subscribe. You can always reach out to us at kidscapeproductions.com. Stay tuned for our next podcast in two weeks.